0: All right. Now, diving into this morning, I realized as I was kind of thinking about the sermon, you know, how many of you shop at Publix Any public shoppers? You know, there's something that the person, guy or girl at Publix seems to always ask me when I step up and it's my turn in line. Like, um, they might know what that question is. Did you find now? I didn't think about that until this morning, like. They're obviously trained to ask you the first thing. Did you find everything that you were looking for? Right. And I've always just given the kind of common answer. Well, yeah. You know, but how many times have I not found the thing I was? I mean, I looked for some what was some bluebell ice cream that was a certain flavor one time for a long time. And. Evidently, Bluebell makes seasonal ice creams and it wasn't in there. So I did not find everything I was looking for, but I failed to tell this woman at the cash register. No, I did not find my Bluebell special ice cream that I don't know the name of, but it was the best ice cream I've ever had and I've never had it again. But I need to tell that woman next time I'm in Publix that ice cream that I really love that's a seasonal thing. I need you to find that for me because I couldn't find it. Right. Are any of you like me that you just kind of hear that question and just kind of like, yeah, I'm fine. I found everything. Right? Maybe you're different than me. Maybe you have a, you go to the grocery store with a checklist and you just buy the things on your list. See, I, I, go with, I go with an idea to get one thing, that's for dinner, and I end up with a grocery cart full of stuff because I need a lot of stuff, right? And I don't know that I need it until I'm there. I was in a store this last week, and it was this big, giant sporting goods store. I mean, you take Walmart and pack it down into the size of a grocery store, and that's and it was all camo. And I, I enjoyed this, but I was walking around. I was in a hurry. I was looking for a few specific things, and they had like ten different employees just walking the store, looking to do what? Ask that question. Did you? Is there anything I can help you find? Or have you found what you're looking for? And this, this woman helped me find the specific things I was looking for. That's all camouflaged together. I can't find it if I don't have somebody helping me. It all just blends in. And so this woman helped me and I was able to get out of the store in 10 minutes. And that was my goal. It was great. Well, this morning we're going to, we're going to begin our new year by looking at a specific story that we find in Genesis chapter 24. So if you're a if you're a Bible scholar and you love reading through Genesis every year, this is an amazing story. I love this story. This is a story of Isaac and Rebecca, and my wife's name Rebecca, and my name's not, not Isaac, but I found a jewel in Rebekah, just like Isaac did. but Isaac didn't find Rebecca. Do you know who found Rebecca? Let me read these first couple of verses to you in chapter 24 of Genesis. Abraham was now old and well advanced in years. Abraham was Isaac's father. And the Lord had blessed him in every way. And he said to the chief servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had. Now, let me stop and ask you a question. Who in here has somebody that's in charge other than your spouse in charge of everything that you have? Who has a servant that you entrust with everything, every password, every bank account, every? We don't tend to have those anymore in this day and age, and and as I was thinking about it during worship this morning, I can only think of three specific times in Scripture that such a person is referred to. One is Joseph, one is this servant, and one is Jesus, who we're going to get to in a little bit. But here is this servant that Abraham has, and he has put everything in this man's power and authority. This man is the steward of all of Abraham's estate. And the text has already told us that God had blessed Abraham and he was a wealthy man. Now imagine having so much trust in a person that you have put him in charge of everything. And Abraham comes to the servant. And he gives him a, a, a mission. He tells him to go back to his homeland and to find For his son, Isaac, a wife from his own people. Now, if you didn't trust the guy who you've given every password and bank account and entrusted with everything. Imagine the character and the relationship that Abraham has with this servant to say. Mom's in here or dad's in here. I trust you to go find a wife for my son. I'm not sending my son to go back to this land. In fact, he says, I forbid you to let my son go back to this land. I'm sending you to go find a wife for my son. Now, imagine how close of a relationship Abraham had with a servant that we don't even know his name. But he was obviously a very trustworthy, loving person that Abraham had tremendous trust in. Abraham goes on to tell him, he says that he had this covenant with him. Go find this this wife for my son. Put your hand under my thigh. This is a this is a deep covenant vow. Many, many commentaries say that he is referring to the promise given to to Abraham of circumcision and that this is a vow before the Lord that you are agreeing to do this because the Lord has said that I will have descendants among thousands as many descendants as the stars in the sky this is a and this is what is going to happen you're going to find this wife and my son and and is going to start this family and the lord is going to bless it and so this is this deep solemn vow and so what takes place next is the the servant you know is having this conversation well what if she doesn't go back with me and he said if she won't come back with you then then you're released from this vow but he said, the Lord God of heaven, this is verse seven, you're not reading along with me, but the Lord God of heaven who brought me out of my father's house to hold uh, of my native land and who spoke and promised me an oath saying your offspring, I will give this land. He will, he will send his angel ahead of you so that you can get a wife for my son there. Now, how many of you would like an angel to go before you in every mission that you were go that you were going on doing your bidding where all you have to do is follow along and the angel of the lord is going to go before you and make things happen any any takers on that right this sounds like a this sounds like an awesome adventure that this guys about to go on right so fast forward a little bit i'm down in verse 12 if you want to go back and read the story later today so the servant packs up 10 camels Gold, silver, jewels, all these precious items, and goes back to the land that Abraham came from. And as he goes into this land, he goes to a well where the, the scripture says that the women of the town, it was about that time of day that they would come out and gather water for their, to take back to their homes. I guess it was time to start cooking dinner or whatever it was they were using water for. But traditionally, I guess there was a time that they would come do this. And so this man waits by the well and he prays a prayer. He said, then I prayed, O Lord, God, my master, Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master. Now, let's go back to the character of this servant. The servant does not come before the Lord and say, Lord, bless me. That I might find this wife. What does he say? He said, Lord. Lord. Give me success today and show kindness to my master, Abraham. You see, the servant's motivation was not to be successful. The servant's motivation was that his master would find honor. His master would be blessed. Not that he would be blessed. Let me just let you think about that for a minute. If you recognize the heart and the motivation of this servant, you can now begin to see the character that Abraham saw in this man because this man was not motivated and interested interested in his own behalf that he would be successful and that he would be able to get credit for finding Isaac's wife. He prayed to the Lord. So this is a this is a me and you thing, right? I'm not declaring this publicly. I'm praying to the Lord that you would bless my master. By giving me success today. Now, in, lie, in in there lies a character that you can see that Abraham knew was a man that I can entrust my whole household to. And so this this servant praised this prayer, and the go, the story goes on that that he prayed a prayer that Lord, not only would you would you bless me today, bless my master today by letting my trip be successful. But the woman who comes out and I ask for water from the woman who says, take for me some water because she, she comes out with a jar and he obviously doesn't have a jar. So he's asking for some water from her jar. Let her also say that. And while you were drinking, let me fetch some water for your camels because he's brought these 10 camels. And so she goes the extra distance to be a person of character who cares for this man beyond just meeting his immediate needs but this is a woman who wants to bless this man and also water his camels now you got to imagine he just crossed a desert and he's got 10 camels this is not a light task but she's not concerned with the cost to herself she wants to be a blessing to this man You see the wisdom already that the Lord is giving the servant. The Lord is directing in the servant by sending his angel before. And lo and behold, a woman walks out and he sees this woman and she is beautiful. Rebecca. She's beautiful. A later story tells tells us that Rebecca was so beautiful when she's married to Isaac that he lied and said he was her sister. Many of you know that story because he was fearful of. Of what might happen to him otherwise, right? This is uh, Rebecca is obviously a very beautiful woman. So he sees this woman and he goes to her and he says, can you, can you give me some water? And she says, yes. And while you're drinking, I'll go and water your camels as well. And now we're going to pick up in the story in verse, um, verse 19. You can follow along with me if you like. After she had, she had given him a drink. She said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they are finished drinking. So she quickly emptied the jar into her trough and ran back to the well to draw more water and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not she, the Lord had made his journey successful. And when the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two bracelets weighing ten shekels. Then he asked, whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? And she answered, I am the daughter of Bethuel. The son of Micah, Milka, uh, born of Nahor. And she added, we have plenty of straw and fodder, as well as room for you to spend the night. Then the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord, saying, praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives Here's this man of incredible integrity and heart and motivation to be a blessing and for the Lord to bless his master, Abraham. And he has prayed to the Lord and in seeing response of the Lord moving on his behalf. The first thing he does is go down on his on his hands and knees and essentially in our terms today say you are good. You are good. And start singing a song about how good the Lord is. You're never going to let me down. You're never going to let me down. You are good, essentially, is what this servant starts singing over and over, like we were in this moment when Harvest is saying, who is with me? This servant is saying, who is with me? Because I look at what the Lord has done and I see his hand and I see his blessing and he is blessing my master and he is good. Not only has he blessed me with a woman that will be the wife of my master, Isaac, but she has an integrity to care for. All of my camels. And whether or not he had a prophetic gifting to know how to pray this or whether or not the Lord was directing him to pray this and responding in, in, in specific action, I do not know. But how many of you would like the Lord to go before you and respond in such a way in any given day this year? You see, friends, the good news that I want to share with you this morning is that I believe that the Lord has plans for you to experience in 2017 as an exceptional year. His plan is not for you to have 2017 just be like 2016 or 2015 or 2003. His plan is for you to experience 2017 in an exceptional way. Now, if you think about what exceptional might mean, it would be like an amazing, like unbelievable. I could not conceive it because this exceptional piece is always moving beyond the expectation that I had. Think about a story or think about an event that you experienced that you would say this was exceptional. It it went beyond the expectations that you had. I absolutely believe that the Lord desires to move in a way in your life for you to experience and encounter him in an exceptional way beyond what you imagine or expect. For those who will be his servants, for those who live with a motivation within their heart. To live and desire for their master to be blessed. But friends we have so many things that that cause hiccups. That cause distractions. That cause things holding us back from being able to live as as this servant. You see in the Old Testament. The spirit of God was given out to specific people. For specific purpose. For specific point of time. We see this dozens of times in Scripture. I just pulled up three, three immediate uh, instances of this. In, um, in Judges chapter 3, we hear of the judge Oth- Othniel. It said, The Spirit of the, of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. We hear it about Samuel, who was king before David. said, When, he, when they came to the hill, there was a group of prophets uh, to meet him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. We hear it of Samson numerous times in the stories of Samson in Judges chapter 14. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. Dozens of times in in the Old Testament, we, we, we hear these same passages. The spirit of the Lord came upon him and suddenly this person was given supernatural strength, supernatural ability to do something beyond what they could have done without the Lord's grace at hand. And the Lord's grace is God moving on our behalf to accomplish and achieve what we could not accomplish and achieve on our own effort. Do you hear any of God's grace in the story of the servant going to find a wife for Isaac? Moving to have this beautiful woman come out and, and meet the exact prayer that he had just prayed. God's hand of grace moving on your behalf to do something exceptional that you could not accomplish on your own, I believe as we are as we live to be motivated to see Jesus Christ, our master and Savior, blessed and honored in our life, and we pray pray prayers much like this servant father won 't you move on my ha- on my behalf won 't you grant success in this moment won 't you lead in guide won 't you orchestrate the the series of events for something to happen here that Jesus Christ is glorified and honored and praised in my life and you enter into that moment enter into that day Then I believe that you can live with a certain level of expectation Just like this servant did And in turn be able to immediately bow down on your knees and give praise back to god because it was not your own effort It was not for your own case. It was not for your own cause It was for the cause of christ and it was not Your effort that you made this happen, you're giving him all the praise and glory just as this servant is. It was not me who came and did this. It was the Lord who moved. And multiple times in the retelling of this story, in this chapter, he goes now from this this well to tell the woman, Rebecca, I mean, Rebecca, what has happened? And then Rebecca, they go into the household and she tells her brother and her father and her her family the details of events. And they go back and they tell the story over and again. And each time the servant is giving all credit to God who moved and praising him for moving to give success and to bless his master. The servant is simply in the middle of the story, but is never the focus of the story. Now, let me ask you. Most of us spend most of our hours of each day being the central focus of our own story. We live more as a master than we do a servant. You see, a master has those who serve. Christ came to serve. But until we allow him as a servant to become the master again in our own life and we come to serve him, then we have gotten things out of place. And we can't expect the exceptional practices of the grace of God to be The testimony of our lives, because we're making it about what we got to experience and what we got to do rather than about what God does through us. And we're looking and motivated in heart to be a person of character that makes it about him and be a blessing to those that he's moving through us to bless. Are you following me? You see, in order for twenty seventeen to be an exceptional year, I believe that we've got to get out of our own way and let God be God. Through us and be a blessing to other people. But I believe that is absolutely his plan. Just as it was his plan for the servant. What are the things that. Distract you. From getting out of the way. Homework. Work. Groceries. Schedule. What are the. Obstacles that the enemy puts in your path every day to distract and dissuade you from being able to live on the focused journey of being a blessing for Jesus' sake. Having his spirit go ahead and to guide you. You see, in the Old Testament, the spirit of God was given to a specific person for a specific purpose for a specific period of time. Just as we look at these couple different instances. But there is something different that happens in the New Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus says in John chapter 16, he's speaking to his disciples. John chapter 16, verse 7, he says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Spirit of God, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Skipping down to verse 12. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. Did y'all hear that? Joseph was entrusted in all authority and power in Egypt. By the Pharaoh, everything was under his discretion. The servant that we hear in Abraham, and there may be another instance, but the only one I can think of is Jesus. Being entrusted with everything that the Father has is entrusted to him. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. And that is why I said the Spirit will see for me what 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 he will make known to you. You see, the Spirit's role is now given to the people, the believers, not just for a specific purpose in a specific time for a specific plan, but is released into all the nations, into all people, who choose to accept Jesus Christ and Lord and welcome His Spirit to be the governing presence in their life. Do you have any idea if we lived in Old Testament time, that it was prophesied about that when... There will be a time when I release my spirit and he will he will no longer live by these laws and credences that but I will place my spirit in your heart. And he will take your hard heart and he will give you a new heart and this will be a heart that governs your life. There will be a transformation that takes place. But friends, in my experience, most of us live as though we are living in Old Testament times with the spirit of God to only be something that can come upon us in a specific moment rather than living, realizing that the spirit of God lives within us. Emmanuel, Christ with us, imagine if we truly lived and believed in John in Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Sounds similar to what we're what we're talking about this morning. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the commands that I have with I, I give you. Because I will be with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus is saying, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And I'm going to be with you always. I just want you to think about how that should change our lives. Because if you're anything like me on a just a normal day, I, I, I mostly am distracted by what I can accomplish or what I think I can do today. And, and I want you to hear that's not Jesus's plan. Jesus's plan. Was that it is better for you that I go so that I can send the spirit and Emmanuel can be a daily song that you are with me, is it you all most of you raised your hands when I said, would you like the the angel to go before you doing these miraculous things where all you have to do is go along the journey? Well, did you know that that is. The, the essence of what you have, you have the power, the essence, the spirit of God alive within you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ and you've welcomed the spirit to be the spirit governing your life, you are filled with the spirit. Now, you may not be living under the governance of the spirit, but I have good news. I believe that the Lord intends for 2017 to be an exceptional year as you learn how to live under the governance of his spirit going ahead of you. Accomplishing his work. Because you're living with a motivation and a heart to be a blessing to your master. That you're no longer the center of your own life. But that you're living to be a blessing to your master and to be a blessing to those around you that he wants to bless through you. And friends, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And though you may not yet have heard it, there it is. Romans chapter 8 verses 5 through 9. Paul says, those living according with the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Pause. Think about the amount of time a day, the thoughts that go through our head. If you had to weigh in a balance, how much of those thoughts are focused on what the Spirit desires and how much of those thoughts are focused on what me and my flesh and the way I've always known to live Desires. Okay? That should feel like a little bit of a hammer on your feet, on your toes. And that's a good thing. Because conviction is not about producing uh, this deep regret in your life. Conviction should be giving you a vision of a preferred future. A vision to change. A vision of what you can step into in the goodness of who God is. The Lord desires to move in your life and to use you as a blessing For Christ and to use you as a blessing in other people's lives. And your experience is to get to go along on the journey and witness it all unfold. And to bow down on your knees and praise and give God all the glory saying you are good. You are good. Oh, 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 you are good. You will never let me down. I've simply witnessed you be faithful and kind and good. The mind governed by the flesh... Is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Anybody know anybody that is caught up in the flesh that they refuse? They, they see they see Jesus to be an enemy. They they cannot submit to him. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however. Are not in the realm of the flesh, but you're in the realm of the spirit, if indeed Christ if indeed the spirit of god lives in you and if anyone does not have the spirit of christ they do not belong to christ now how many times have you heard that message preached in the church if you do not have the spirit of christ paul is not mincing words you do not belong to christ i don't want to get into a deep theological debate in this but hypothetically you 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 could say yeah i believe that jesus christ is lord and died on the cross for my sins and and died and was resurrected and lives at the right hand of the Father. But never have believed that in your heart and received the Spirit. And Paul would say, if you do not have the Spirit of God, you do not belong to Christ. So one of the things we're going to do this morning is, as we get to wrap up, we're going to have somebody up here that, if you've never asked the Holy Spirit to come live inside of you, Asked ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior and accepted his spirit, then somebody's going to pray for you to do that. Because God has an exceptional plan in store for your life where you get to experience joy of watching him do a work that, quite frankly, you can't do without him. He wants to replace that cold, hard heart with a new heart that's filled with his spirit that guides and leads and releases a goodness of God in your life for you to encounter him. You see... Mostly what I look at and see and a lot of what my my testimony was growing up is I believe that I was a Christian most of my life because I could comprehend what the gospel had to say. I could comprehend it. I understood it. I could tell the story. I believed it. Jesus Christ's plan is not for you to comprehend the gospel story. His plan is for you to know him. And there is a difference in knowing and comprehending. Can I get an amen? Most of us are led to be able to get to a place of comprehension because we live in an educated environment that everything's about teaching and education. Jesus Christ's plan is not for you to be educated to understand the gospel story so that you can say, I get it. I comprehend it. Jesus Christ's plan is for you to encounter him, that you know him, that you have a relationship with him and that he is active in living present in your life, revealing to you the things that he wants to reveal to you by his spirit, that the spirit he is speaking to the spirit to tell you things that he says. I have more to say to you, but I can't say them all now. The the spirit will speak on my behalf and he will simply say what I tell him to say. Anybody want to experience that and have a working experiential knowledge versus a comprehension? How many people in here have been to Alaska? A few. You've experienced Alaska. I have not been to Alaska. But I believe it exists. I believe it exists. Well, isn't that good enough? Well, that's a different experience than what, didn't you raise your hand, Brad? Than what Brad has. Brad knows it last exists because he's been there. Jesus Christ wants you to know him and know the father. You know, we're talking about biblical knowledge here. We're talking an encounter. We're talking an interaction, a physical interaction between his spirit and our spirit that we know that we know that we know because he is living inside of me. And he is shaping and molded my heart to be clay that wants to respond in love and wants to be motivated to bless my master. And until you step onto that roller coaster, you're missing the exceptional life. But I've got good news: this can be the year. You know, when I go to um, I went to Home Depot recently, and uh, I was looking for a plumbing piece. And I got home, and I brought my little plumbing piece to my little job I was doing, and I realized, you know, doggone it. I, I needed light bulbs yesterday, and I forgot to get them while I was at Home Depot. Anybody have that experience? Right? Um, anybody ever been car shopping, and uh, and the specific car you are you were shopping for, all of a sudden you start seeing everywhere, like that that red truck that you that you, you know you, all of a sudden you start seeing this red truck everywhere. I, got a red, I drive a red truck, right? Anybody had that experience? You know, the, the the reality is we tend to um, we tend to to see what we're looking for. And but most of us live so distracted that you know we just forget the light bulbs. We forget that the spirit of God wants to be a blessing and wants to use us as a blessing because we're so distracted by our lives. We're so distracted by what we think we need to be able to do. So let me ask you, what are you looking for? What were you looking for in 2016? Because I can tell you that the servant Went to go find a wife for Isaac, knew what he was looking for. The Lord knows what He wants to go ahead of you and have you look for. I have a good friend who I sat with and, and heard a story about. It's actually a friend of my son's, his grandfather sat down and, and heard him tell a story. He, he, he's a, a spirit filled believer, he goes to Starbucks every week. Not because he likes coffee. He actually doesn't like coffee. He wouldn't choose Starbucks, but he feels led to go to Starbucks. And he goes in Starbucks and he sits down at a table and he starts praying. He prays before he goes, but he goes to Starbucks to go pray and ask the Lord to direct who he should speak to on the Lord's behalf. And he was telling me the story. He said, Scott, I went in there and I just started praying. And a a young lady came in and sat at the table next to me. And I looked at her and I just immediately in my mind, I... Uh, uh, it's like I heard the word depression and suicide He said I had no idea why that thought went into my head. So I just asked her You know how she was doing And it started a conversation And the next thing I know I find out that she is she has lost her job She's applied for a job at walmart, but has no means of transportation to get there She's on her last couple dollars. So she decides she'd come buy herself a starbucks depressed Lost, he shared the gospel with her, offered to take her to Walmart to be able to go through her interview. Let me ask you, how many of us are intentional and motivated as as this friend to watch for the spirit of God to move us? To bring honor and glory to our master. Or do we get caught up as I do? Just looking for a good cup of coffee. Ready to just kind of pass through. I've got good news, friends. Jesus wants this to be an exceptional year. In order for this to be an exceptional year, I have three points that I want you to see. If you want it to be an exceptional year, number one, be motivated to act. And that requires a risk. It's going to require risk on your part. Be motivated to act on behalf of... Of your master. Live with a master's success is your motivation. This is specifically what it says in Genesis 24. Then he prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master. Can you pray that prayer? Can you you have a shift happen in your heart for that to be your motivation? Number two, live with an expectancy. And this requires faith. Live with an expectancy looking for his spirit to direct you. Do you have an expectancy watching and waiting, knowing that your heart is motivated to be a blessing to your master, knowing that you want to be a blessing to the person that he wants to bless through you? Are you living with an expectancy watching and expecting him to guide and direct you to lead you to the well and to watch for a specific person and to give you the specific prayer to pray of what should take place and what's going to happen so that number three, you can experience joy. In encountering and witnessing and personally knowing that God is moving on your behalf. And there's a joy that comes up as a celebration that just allows you to fall on your knees and sing out as Harvest's challenges to you are good. You are good. You never let me down. The Lord wants that to be your experience. The Lord wants that song to be sung as a song of praise through your day. And if you live with this This motivation and you live with this expectation and you live with this heart desiring to be able to sing songs of joy and worship of how good God is. You see, it doesn't always just have to happen after the after the moment, after the experience. You can stand in faith in the desert just as just as Israel did and be able to say, no, I can smell the air, the salt in the air of the sea. The promised land that you said is coming, I can smell it. And though the salt, the smell may not be there, you can stand in faith and believe that God is good. He is faithful. He is kind. He is leading and he is guiding. And on your bad day, be able to sing songs with true joy that you are good. You are good. You will never let me down. And though the circumstances of your moment of that day may try to argue differently with you, as you stand in faith, you can encounter joy regardless of what that day's circumstances dictate. Because in the end, you will know the goodness of God as you stand and worship him in joy. I challenge you to come back and call me a liar. I challenge you to try it. Come back and call me a liar. The Lord has plans. For you to experience encounter him in new ways. I'm going to invite the the band to come back up and we're going to take a few minutes and and pray. And Amy and Joey joiner are going to come up here. Will y'all come up to my left? And it and, and don't be ashamed, don't be embarrassed. You may not have heard about the, the availability of the Spirit of God to be able to live inside of you, to be a governing presence in your life, to be able to direct and guide and to orchestrate things ahead of you, that you can experience and encounter God. You can witness him on a daily basis. You can, you can be led by him into things that you never would have been able to accomplish or achieve or, or get to on your own. If you've, if, if you've not asked for the Spirit of God to come fill your, your heart, then I'm just going to encourage you to come ask them to pray with you and you're just going to pray, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life and I want him to fill me with my, with his spirit. It's that simple. And they're going to pray with you. And if, if, if there's some level of conviction that you look back at 2016 and 2015 and 2003 and you realize, you know what? I don't really know what I've been looking for. I don't really know what I came shopping for. I don't really know what I wanted for in this year. But Lord, move me to this place where you are living, you are placing a heart within me that is motivated to be a blessing to you. That is motivated to be a blessing to others, that you're blessing others through me. That you are leading me to have an expectation a watching for you to direct and guide me. Because I want to experience you and I want to be able to sing those songs of joy. When I witness those things happen and when I'm standing in faith, believing that they're going to happen, then I just want you to know that this altar is open. We have communion available to you this morning. You can you can take these these crackers, the the body of Christ that is broken for you and dip it in this juice that symbolizes and represents the blood of Christ that was shed for you, because he said it is better for you that I go away so that I can send my spirit and he can live within you then I encourage you to celebrate that this morning. And if there's something else that you need prayer for, then we've got the corns, I think, are going to come up and be the other prayer team over here. But this morning is the starting of a new day in your life spiritually. If 2017 is going to be a year of exception, it's going to be a year of amazement. And so my challenge is take that step trust the Lord be willing to risk and invite his spirit to be the spirit that governs your life I'm going to invite you to bow your head and listen to to Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of first Peter four I felt like it summed up this this morning's message so just close your eyes and and listen with me and harvest is going to lead us in some some worship since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more. Learn to think like him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. You're already put in your time uh, in that God ignorant way of life, partying night after night. Now it's time to be done with 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 that for good. Of course, your old friends don't understand why you don't join in the old gang anymore, but you don't have to give an account to them. They're the ones who will be called to the carpet before God himself. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless cheerfully. Be generous with the the different things God gave you. Passing them around all, all all, all to get on with it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. And he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. And we will give him encores to the end of time. Jesus, I pray right now that you would just lovingly, Lead us to the conviction of how much our lives have been lived, motivated by the distractions. And do a new work within us this morning. Lord, we want to be a blessing. We want to be an honor to you. Won't you turn us into those servants by your grace and by your love? Lord, we bring our willingness forward. I pray that you would move people today to begin acting differently. To be motivated and ready to act. Not just praying from a distance. Lord, you sent the servant on a mission and he got his camels and he crossed a desert. He didn't sit back and just pray for Rebecca to come forward. He did that when he got there. He did that when he moved. And Lord, you received all the honor and glory because he made it all about the hand, your hand, the angel going before him. Let that be the testimony of our lives. And let us taste the joy and the amazement what you have in store for us in 2017. Come and have your